Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Well, amen to that. Good morning. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a worship junkie. I tell you, I could just worship him all day, all night. You guys are too. You bunch of junkies out there, worship junkies. Y'all just messed up in God, aren't you? I am too. I love the Lord so much. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Harvest House Church. We're so glad you're here. And we're starting a new series, okay? We're going to call this A New Way to Pray. A New Way to Pray. It'll be kind of a mini-series up till we get where we prepare for a resurrection day. That's going to be phenomenal. Just give you a little quick, you know, we got one more month till resurrection day, Easter. And uh, on Palm Sunday, we're going to be doing a Seder in here. So Sunday night, we'll be doing a Seder. Get ready for that. If you've never come to one of those, you need to make plans to come. It'll be phenomenal. And, uh, and then we're getting geared up. So we've got this mini-series called A New Way to Pray. I'm super excited about it. Before I jump into it, though, hey, we're also about a month in a service into two services. You know what I'm saying? And then it's, let's give everybody a hand who's worked so hard. You're our heroes. All these harvest servant people, you just are our heroes. And there's been a ton, I mean an absolute ton of hard work to pull off two services. We're about a, about a month and one service into it. It's going great, but there's been a ton of hard work and a lot, a lot of prayer. So we're going to talk about prayer today, a new series on prayer. Now, unfortunately, when most, most believers talk about prayer, you know, when you start talking, you immediately start feeling guilty because you think, yeah, I know, I know I need to be doing more and all this kind of stuff. Well, today, I want to take that away from you. Okay, we just need to leave that. And there's no, you know, people say, my prayer life's lacking, it's never enough. Hopefully, we're going to change that whole mindset today, okay? So, I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures, and I encourage you, if you're taking notes, that, man, take down these scriptures because they're super, super powerful. So, let's talk about prayer. What difference does prayer actually make in, a, in our lives? That's a question we've got to start with. I mean, you know, God, God knows what he wants. Why is it, you know, so important that we pray? And I want to make a statement as we get going. I just want to say to you, listen, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in the kingdom of God except through prayer. Did you guys hear that? Nothing, not a zero, nothing, nothing happens unless God's people pray. And God has chosen it to be this way. You know, there's so many stories I could share with you. I'll share a I shared one of the first, I'm going to share a different one this one. I remember we were, in, um, we were in Ukraine. I'm pretty sure some of you guys were with us when this happened. But we were in Ukraine, and we, we were on this street, and we were going down both sides of the street. And uh, I was on the side of the street where there was a ton of resistance. I mean, for example, we were just knocking on doors and inviting people to come to the stadium. We were holding big meetings where God was healing the sick, which was amazing. And um, many people coming to Christ. So anyway, one side of the street I was on, and you'd knock on a door, and people were just so angry and so mad. I mean, one, one guy just said, hey, I'd like to invite you to this. And he looked at the, we gave him a little flyer. And he just grabbed me by the back of the shirt and just threw me on the road. It was amazing. I was like, what is up with this? And then I was like, wow, man, we're getting beat up over here. But then the other side of the street... 
people were handing them flowers and, you know, like, and they were cheering them. I'm like, what is happening? Like, these guys, and so I'll never forget what, I said, y'all, come over here. We got to get on this side of the street, broad daylight. Holy Spirit just had to start worshiping and praying and believing that whatever was mucking up that side of the street, that God would clean it up. You know, after that prayer, instantaneously everything changed. It was an atmospheric change. It's amazing the power of prayer. I remember being in one of those meetings, and a, a, a guy who was blind came, you know, to one of the meetings, and he was standing just about from me to that speaker, and uh, our whole team was just praying. And there's a lot of people out there, and this guy was born blind. He was blind. And the Lord just, he opened his eyes and, and you could just see like cloudy, like cataracts. He couldn't see and one eye was this way and the other eye was that way. And, and we were just praying. And the Lord said, I'm going to show you my power right now. I'm like, well, Lord, what are we supposed to do? He said, just pray. Just ask. See, and what we do, a lot of times we try to, we try to get real elaborate with the prayer. No, you just need to say, Holy Spirit, do it. Fill him. Holy Spirit. So we were just praying, and this guy starts blinking. I kid you not. He starts blinking, and all of a sudden, this gook comes out of his eyes. And he looked at the ground. And then he looked all around, and then he grabbed his wife's face. He had been born blind. He grabbed his wife's face, and he started screaming in a Russian dialect, I can see your face. And he was just screaming it and screaming. And I grabbed the interpreter. I go, what's he saying? He goes, he's saying, I can see your face. I can see your face. He just like was just, I can see your face. All right, y'all, that, I said this in the early service. This teaching is about 87% better than you're responding right now. Can we give God? I mean, can we give God? Oh, come on, come on. You, are you hungry for that? Come on. Woo! Some things just make you want to shout. That makes me want to shout right there. All right. I, I'd rather have that than anything. Okay, so prayer. What difference does prayer make? And what, what's the big deal about prayer? Well, here's, I want you to get the scripture. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. He's given to his sons and daughters. He's given to us. See, he's given us earth. And with that gift comes this incredible responsibility a stewardship, okay? See, see, here's the thing. God, you know, people ask, why doesn't God do something? Well, he did something 2,000 years ago. His son came down across, he rose from the dead. And then guess what he did? He said, it's better that I go to heaven because then the Holy Spirit's going to come. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to get off inside you. And then I'm going to spread the earth with my glory. I'm going to fill the earth with my glory through you and I. But he's given it to earth, uh, mankind. To, you know, he's given us this earth. And, and so we have a responsibility. Many people say, God, come. He's already come. God, move. He's already moved. I think God's second coming is way going our first going. How about that? So we got this responsibility. I love this stuff, okay? So um, now one of the things that that we hear a lot about in prayer is this word called intercession. What is intercession? Here we go. Intercession, it comes from the Latin word inter, sedre. So inter means to go. Sedre means between, go between. That's what intercession means. So to put it on a chart for you so you see it, 
Now, this picture right here is of the high country. We live in the most beautiful spot. I mean, this, you pinch yourself when you see this. So that's Boone. And we live, that's an aerial shot. So this, what, what, what we're talking about in intercession is there's this gap between heaven and earth. Right there it is, the gap. What intercession does is it goes in the gap. Now, someone else did that for you. His name is Jesus. He, he went between heaven and earth, dying on a cross, to bring peace to our hearts. But now he's looking for people who will go to the gap, if you will, between heaven and earth, and it's for a specific reason. Now, let's give you some scriptures, and this, this is so important that you get this, that we all get this, okay? Matthew 6, 9, he says, this then is how you should pray. Pray like this. Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what God is saying is, I want what's up there to come down here. I want what's up there to come down here. And that's, that needs to be our prayer. Now, another scripture that's important, I sought someone among them who would build up the wall. This is Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. Build up the wall and stand in that gap. So let's show it to you on the chart again. So let's we're just put the scriptures in there. Heaven, we're to pray, Father, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through the gap of our intercession to invade the city with some kindness of God. How's that sound? So when we pray, here's what's happening. We become portals by which the kingdom of God flows through us, from heaven, through us, into our family, into our business, into the streets, into our school, into our residence hall. It, it comes. See, because we are building what? The kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And it must become a passion of ours as a church, a passion to see the kingdom of God that's in heaven come down to earth. I pray to God that's, that's a passion that you have, okay? All right, so... In this, God's given us this incredible dynamic row in kingdom life that God opens up these doors. God wants you to be a change agent in this culture. We're not just to be absorbed in this culture and influenced by it. We're to be a change agent. What's a change agent? I'll read it to you. It's someone who intentionally or indirectly causes or accelerates social, cultural, or behavioral change. That's you and I. Scripture says that Elijah was a human being just like we are. And he prayed earnestly that there would be no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Now, I can't imagine that in Boone right now. It's amazing how much rain we've had in Boone. It's like a record. But then he prayed and the heavens were open. All right, the heavens were open. Let me show you an incredible statement. Please get this. Revival is not an event, nor is it a movement. It is instead an environment, an environment where sons and daughters of God collectively and a, a community come together and say, we're going to pray that the heavens would invade our city and our high country region so that what's up there will come down here so people will get to know that there's a God who loves them and that there's hope in this world. And the hope is named Jesus. Revival is not a sign we put out there. I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying it's not that. It's a group of people who say we are going to change the atmosphere. 
We're going to pray. We're going to love. We're going to believe. We're going to represent, represent Jesus to this world. It's not an event. It's an environment. And when there's, a, when there's unity, there's a commanded blessing of open heaven. Anybody hungry for that? I am, you guys. I, I just don't want to live my life and just watch this world and this nation go down to tubes. I'm not into that. Not while I'm breathing air on this mountain, devil, are you going to mess with this mountain? Look at me and look at your neighbor right, left, and look behind you. That's the devil's worst nightmare. It's in this room right here. We are the devil's worst nightmare. We are here to squash your head. We are here to take back what belongs to God. Sons and daughters. I'd be doggone if anybody going to hell on my watch. Y'all believe that? Not, I mean, while I'm breathing air. Y'all nod so I can move on. Okay, thank you, thank you. Jesus, God help me. What am I talking about? Oh, I know what I'm talking about. All right, so, so the book of Revelation, he gives us something in, in Revelation 5, verse 8. Make sure you take that scripture down. He says that there are angels who are holding golden bowls, golden censers, and they're being filled with incense and the prayers of the saints. Seems that the prayers of God's people are collectively filling these bowls. Now, if you read on, go to Revelation 8. You can go, you got to read the whole thing, read Revelation 8. You'll see that at a certain point, the collective volume of the prayers and the incense fill these golden censers, and then the angel with fire pours the power of God upon the earth. Okay, so, so what that says to me, it says to me that there's this level of prayer. And I think... I think what's got to happen for open heavens is we, in this church and in this city, we got to raise the prayer level. Yeah. All right, so, I'm getting kind of preachy up here right now. What are you doing? So anyway, it's fine, Lord. So, I, okay, I took my family to a water park. They have this thing called the Splash Zone. This is the coolest thing, right? It's a bucket. You couldn't even put it on this stage, and it slowly fills with water. It's huge, though. It, you, it would, anyway, and so what happens is everybody kind of waits for it to fill with water, but then there's this great anticipation to kind of get in the splash zone because it's about to dip, but you don't know. And it starts to lean a little bit, and then it just, whoosh, I mean, just pours, and it about knocks you down. It's really fun to get in. I love it, you know. But I started thinking, you know, prayers like that. I wonder where the bucket is right now for this church in this city. Where's the prayer level? Where is it? Three times in my life, three times in my life, I have seen the glory of God come. People like, what's that like? Nobody wants I me, mean, believe me. It's like the bucket, the stream, just refreshing, just fills a city. People are saved, lost, are healed, demons are cast out, healings happen. Why not Boone? Why not the high country? Why not blowing rock? Why not? He's just looking for people. He's looking for a church that will stand in the gap and say, flow out of me. Fill this water. 
so that refreshing can come back to the city. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're just funny. All right, so I want to I say something to you. God answers prayer in one of three ways. Please don't forget this. God answers prayer in one of three ways. God answers prayers, yes, <laughs> we like that, no, and sometimes he says wait, a lot of times actually. We think God doesn't answer prayers whenever he says no or wait. No, he answers you. <laughs> God always answers prayer. Here's, here's reality. It may take 10 years of praying to get something to happen. It may take 20 years for something to happen. You go, where's that at? That's Luke 18, prayer of persistent widow. Also, Daniel, he had to fast 21 days. Remember that? He fasted 21 days. The Lord heard him on the first day, but it took 21 days of filling the bucket to get the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. All right, so I'm going to jump into this. I tell you, Lord, I'm going to jump in this. I'm going to give you a new way to pray. Everybody, here we go. I'm going to give you three main points. These are the practicals. These are your take home. I'm going to give you a talk about the priority of prayer. And then we're going to get super practical, talking about the place of prayer. And then we're going to talk about the persons of prayer. We're going to go real deep on point three. So let's jump to this first. First of all, the priority of prayer. This verse right here is fantastic. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Now that word continually, it means without intermission in the Greek. No intermission. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. He gives you three admissions right there. Rejoice. Pray continually. And give thanks. Now, we say this around here a lot. When, when you're in trouble, what happens is what we usually do is pray. But that's the wrong order. What you need to do is rejoice. And what do you rejoice in? The trial or tribulation? No, you, you rejoice in who God's going to be for you. You rejoice in how God's going to help you. You rejoice in that. God, I know you're with me. This is super, super hard, but you're with me. I rejoice in that. And then that positions you to pray in faith, not in fear or desperation. Because when you pray in fear or desperation, it's not very effective. Right? You got to pray in faith. So if you rejoice in all things, rejoice always, then you pray continually. Okay? Now, super important. Um, so here's a, after we rejoice, what do we want to do? We want to make prayer a priority. And what we want to do, I like to say it like this, commit to pray first in every aspect of your life. When you get out of bed, pray first. Just like, that. thank you, Lord, for this, this day. When you, when you go, no matter what you do, if, if you're sick, don't go to the medicine cabinet first. I mean, it's fine to go to the medicine cabinet. We're not, we're not saying that's wrong. But pray first. You got a business decision, pray first. You got a test. Come on, pray first. I used to get that book, put it on my head, and say, Lord Jesus, get that thing in my head, Lord, please. I like that. I love that prayer. Like, Lord, I'm going to study for one hour. Let it be like three as far as how much I retain. Jesus, help me now. I need a miracle. Pray first. You get in the car and get ready to go on the trip. Pray first. You put your kids down. Pray first to take a nap. Pray. In other words, Bring the natural, make the, the natural supernatural by praying in first and all things. Because you know what? God loves what we do first. Whatever we do first, God seems to bless. Just pray first, okay? Now, here's the deal. Prayer needs to be our primary response, not our last resort. We want to make it a lifestyle of prayer. 
Prayer is not something we want to come in and come out of. And by the way, I understand having a corporate prayer meeting and an individual time with God. Those are important. But I'm talking about pray continually with no intermission. This is the goal. This is what we want to do. So let me give you some practicals. Each day, give him your first 15. What does that look like? Before you do anything, put you some worship music on, give him five minutes. Get in the Bible for five minutes. And then pray for five minutes. And if you can do more than 15, then give him your first 50. That's fantastic. But what you want to do is you want to give him the first. Lord, I give you my first. Now, what we end up doing, a lot of times we'll pick up that cell phone and start checking the email. Don't do that. Don't do that. Give him the first thing in your life. Now, how do you pray? Here, this is super important. How do you pray? Remember the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, ACTS. Again, super important. People many times just come to the Lord and they just begin to ask him for things. <laughs> Lord, I need this, I need that, I need to help me with this business and help me with my kids, help me with my family, help, help, help. And, and there's, that's supplication, that's good, but what kind of relationship is it if all you do is ask for something? You ever had a relationship and all that person did is ask you for something all the time? Hey, I need a ride, I need $10, I need this, I need that. It gets, you know, like this isn't a relationship. So what do we do? We start with a, adoration. Father, I adore you. Just say it. I adore you. And tell him what you adore him for. Just tell him. See, confession. Confess. Say, Father, I got some, some stuff, some anger in my life that's gotten, I got sinful in it. And I got, you know, I got a bad attitude or judgment. Let me just confess some stuff to you. So that's confession. Tea, uh, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you I live in this high country. I thank you for my health. I thank you. For these things. And then S is supplication. That's where you begin to ask God, you know, for people, for your own needs. Do you see that? Why is this important? Because the scripture says, come into his courts with thanksgiving. What it does is it paves the way. This is, again, an essential aspect to prayer. Now, this next one, number two. Okay, so number one, we did the priority of prayer. Number two, we're doing the place of prayer. The place of prayer. Uh, Again, going back to that scripture, pray continually. When we say prayer, again, most people think of the paradigm of in a meeting or in a, an early morning where I set aside a quiet time or a devotional time, and all that's great. We need that. But again, my desire is to make a life of prayer. So what if I told you this? What if I told you that believers can have hours of time that is easy and effective to pray? It's just we're unaware of it. Here's the little tagline for you. There are activities in your life that create prayer opportunities we're just not aware. Okay, now for, for a mom with some small kids or someone that's working 70 plus hours a week, like, there, I just, man, time, I don't have time. We do, we're just unaware of the time. And I'm gonna give you some examples. So what kind of activities will work? Let me give you just a couple of categories. An activity that's continuous, an activity that's rhythmic, an activity that's uninterrupted and some place where you can talk out loud, okay? Let me give you some examples like exercising. I love to pray when I exercise. You know what I mean? In between sets, you know, if you're, lift, if you're lifting weights, just pray. And I'm not talking about long, drawn-out prayers. I'm just talking about, Lord, I love you. I praise you. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Um, praying and asking God, you know, during your exercise. How about driving, you got a long commute, you the, man, you're the most blessed people in the world if you got a long commute. You got a whole 45 minutes plus hour, if you live in Charlotte, two or three hours, uh, with God, you know what I'm saying? 
You do. But, you know, just, just be careful. By the way, if you're late, driving doesn't work, okay? Because <laughs> you just be speeding and running people over and, you know, all that. Don't do that. Housework. I told this story earlier. Man, I can't stand doing the dishes. Anybody out there, I just, I do the dishes. I can't stand doing the dishes. So anything that I can't stand in my life, I'm thinking, I need to turn this into a prayer meeting. So what I do is, you know, I get a dish. I say, Lord, that looks like my heart right now. Jesus, I just clean it up. Man, that pot right there looks like about what I feel like right now. Father, I just clean this thing. In Jesus' name, Kim, like, who are you talking to? Uh, Papa, okay, so I'm just cleaning it up. I mean, this morning I walked in, you know, I was getting ready. And she goes, what, what? I said, prayer. And so I'm just talking to myself, you know, and just praying, you know, got a vacuum last night, man. We had a birthday party yesterday. You should have seen the Oreos everywhere, everybody. I mean, <laughs> Oreo crumbs everywhere. So I got the vacuum out, and I said, Lord, just clean up your church. Clean up your church, Jesus. Clean it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm going to keep vacuuming because I'm with Jesus right now. So I'm cleaning up. You getting it? Yeah. There's these activities in your life. Um, Doing the laundry, in the shower. Man, I'll run every bit of hot water in the house out of there. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm with you. Let your power just come down on me like this right here, Father. Yeah, just do it, Lord. You know, and I'm just praying and praying in the Spirit and just having a big time with God. See, because if we, if we live life like this, what will happen is I got 30 minutes left to work out. Might as well keep praying. <laughs> what, if we, what if we started working out not to get in shape but just to pray? I got to go to the gym, got to get some time with God. See that? Yeah, so there's these, there's activities in your life, and I, and I love it, I, I love it, okay. All right, that brings me to number three, and I'm so excited about number three. We're going to talk now about the persons of prayer. Notice it's capitalized, notice it's plural, it's intentional. The persons of prayer. When I'm talking about the persons of prayer, I'm talking about including the Trinity, we believe in the Trinity, God in three persons, one God, three distinct persons in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to interact with each distinct person of the Trinity in our prayer experience because it'll make you so much more effective. Let's read. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Son, the love of the Father, love of God, he's the Father, as the Father there, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the third the third person in the, in the Trinity, be with you all. So what does this look like? Well, with the Holy Spirit, what I like to do is it says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. So I want to connect with the Holy Spirit before I pray because I'm saying, Holy Spirit of God, I want you to be my guide and lead me to pray according to the Father's will. The other thing it says in John 14 and John 16, that the, the Holy Spirit will take the words of Jesus and make them known to you. Why is that important? Because of what Hebrews 7.25 says. Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus is able to completely save those who come to God through him because he lives to intercede for you. That's powerful. Right now, Jesus is interceding for you, your business, your family, your city, your church. He's interceding. And what we need to know is what he's praying or interceding for us. That we could come into agreement 
with what he's speaking before the Father. That's called agreement. And where two or three agree on anything, it's done. I pray, Holy Spirit, guide me into truth. Holy Spirit, let me hear what Jesus' heart is for his church, what Jesus' heart is for this city and the high country, what Jesus' heart is. Let me hear his words that I might repeat them in the gap and create a heaven and earth connection, a conduit for fulfillment. It's beautiful stuff. All right, so let's, let's move into something really deep right here. I'm gonna show you this model in creation and then we're gonna bring it all together. In creation, the father had plans for his creation. If you got a phone, take a picture of this because there's a lot of information, a lot of scripture. Genesis 1, first scripture in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. He had plans. The son then creates by responding to the Father's will. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus is the light of the world. It's also the Word. The beginning was the Word. The Word was God. It's with God. But in Colossians 1.16, it says, all things were created by him, talking about Jesus, and through him. So Jesus is this creative agent of the Trinity, of the Godhead. So the Father had plans. He spoke, let there be light, which then activated Jesus to create everything that you see. And what was the Spirit doing? The Spirit hovers and waits to manifest the creative words of Jesus. Here's your scripture. The earth was without form and void, and the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. And I submit to you today that I believe this Holy Spirit is still hovering over some of the darkness in our world, just waiting for the words of Jesus to be released by the redeemed sons and daughters of God into these situations to be change agents, to change the city, to change our lives, to change our nation. And he's waiting for people who will pray, really pray and believe. This city, the glory of God. Don't you want to see it? Come on, can I get hungry for this? Why not? Boom. Why not App State? Why not the high country? Why not Blowing Rock? Why not? I love it. Let's go to the next. We'll go into intercession. Now, we looked at creation, and now we're going to look at intercession in, the, in our day. And then intercession, the Father has plans for our life. I know the plans for Jeremiah 20 and 11. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, see no harm come to you, give you hope in a future. The Son then, it says, he lives to intercede for them. The Son gives voice to the Father's plans. Not only does he give voice, the redeemed sons and daughters dial into the will of God over your family, over your business. And when we speak, those words, <laughs> what happens next? Well, the Holy Spirit moves in us to release the manifestations and will of the Father. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Put them all together. Here you have it. You see this point right here? The Spirit of God hovers and waits to manifest the creative words of Jesus. The Spirit moves in us to release his beautiful, beautiful kingdom. I tell you this, God wants to reveal the words of Jesus to us 
And I want to say it like this. May the amazing grace of Jesus, just listen to this. And may the extravagant love of the Father and may the friendship of the Holy Spirit, may it be with us all. Let's stand. I'm going to invite Jerry to come up. And what we're going to do, we are believing God that through the partaking of communion this morning, we're going to create some space right now, everybody. We're creating space for God to move. I'm believing that partake, in the partaking of communion, partaking of the juice, which represents the blood that Jesus shed and the bread, his body, that there's going to be an impartation into our heart. This, hey, everybody, just, let's just pause time for a minute. By partaking in communion today, believe you're saying to God, I want to take my place in the gap. I need a new, fresh outpouring and anointing. See, Jesus took that gap. Did you, do you know that? He, he took the gap. The gap for him was a cross between heaven and earth. He, he couldn't stand it. That, he couldn't stand it that he'd be separated from you. So what he did is he, he came to earth but then he, he got in the gap between heaven and earth, between sin and holiness, and said, I will make a way on the cross. And I think through that, Jesus is inviting us today to say, come with me into my gap. Partake in communion. Follow me. And take your place. So Jerry's going to lead us in communion, and then we're going to gather together in groups and pray. And, I, and we're not in any rush, okay? I ended early. We're not in any rush. And then we're going to, we'll come back together for, before we end for one big prayer together. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.